Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of the Best Life Moms Club and hosts of That Pregnancy Podcast. We are two moms with a bunch of kids under the age of three. Five to be exact. And we know firsthand how hard it is to be a mom. So we're talking about all the topics that no one ever talked to us about. And not only is it hard being a mom, but it can be lonely and isolating, which is another reason why we're here to help moms like you know that you're not alone. Now, it's important to know that we are not doctors or medical professionals in any way. So always talk to your doctor or healthcare provider with any questions or concerns about your health or the health of your baby. We are moms sharing our lived experience and talking about all things pregnancy and life as a mom. So let's have a chat. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. This week, we are talking about one thing that happens to you before you go into labor that no one talks to you about. We like these topics where we're kind of shedding our experience and also the truth of our experiences, which are so common, but about the things that nobody talks about. First off, I want to say Happy New Year and Hello 2021. We have said goodbye to 2020, peace out, good riddance, and hello 2021. Now, before we jump into the episode, I do want to say that with the new year, we are also looking for some new expectant mothers to join and add to our mommy mentorship program. So if you are in your third trimester and you would love to join our community, have access to our international guest experts, along with a whole bunch of other stuff please send us an email or a DM on Instagram. We'd love to have you join the Best Life Moms Club. Now, going back to this week's episode, one thing that happens before you go into labor that no one talks about, Amanda, Happy New Year. What is the one thing that is so common to women that happens? So we actually figured this one out a few weeks ago because you normally go early with your babies and this time you are going full term and you have never before had the, oh my goodness, I'm almost due freak out. Yes. The emotional breakdown. This is so common and it happens to like everybody. And uh, you didn't know this because you never experienced it before. No, I had no idea that this is a common thing that most women go through. And this end of pregnancy kind of meltdown or emotional breakdown. I had no idea. No idea. So yes, three weeks ago, I was really struggling a Friday night and Yeah, I was talking to Peter and for whatever reason, I was kind of struggling to articulate my my concerns and and then all of a sudden all all of it just started coming out. All of it. And then when we were talking and I was kind of telling you and so like I cried for, you know, I unloaded and I cried um, about my fears and my stress. Um, and then I was talking to you and you were like, oh yeah, I totally did that both times. And then you're like, and all of our friends have, you can ask every single one of them. I've talked to them about it. 
they have done it too. And then in like thinking about this, I was just doing like, you know, kind of looking around and uh, checking out some forms and stuff. And yeah, this is a thing that no one told me actually happens. And because like you said, I have preemies. Well, I have two preemies. I am now full term. So I don't have a preemie with this one. I never had the chance to get to this point, this emotional point of stress and fear. So I had no idea this was a thing. Thank you so much for normalizing it. When I told you my, about my breakdown. Well, it's funny because like when it happened to me the first time, I thought I was losing my mind because it's one of those things where all of a sudden it hits you that you're almost due, you're, you're huge because you're very heavily pregnant and you realize that this big belly, everything in it has to go out some way or another. So whether you're having a, a vaginal birth or a C-section, both are very, very scary, especially if you, you haven't experienced it before. And then once you have actually gone through the process of giving birth, you have a new baby. And if it's if you're a first time mom, you're like, oh, my goodness, I have a baby. What am I going to do with it? So not only do you have hormones playing this huge part of this breakdown, but you also have all the fear and uh, the fear of the unknown hitting you in the face, right? And it's a huge wake-up call that this is real and this is happening and you end up freaking out. And so I experienced it both times. And it's funny because I remember when I experienced it with Caroline, I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm freaking out again. Why, why did I decide I'm going to have another baby and put myself through this all over again, right? <laughs> But it's true. Like it doesn't, I don't think it matters if it's your first kid or like your eighth kid. I think there's still probably the freak out because even if you've experienced childbirth, either vaginal or C-section or both, you know, there's still the unknown of what could happen this time. Right. Absolutely. And like for me this time, so three weeks ago, I was still in the preemie range and I was like 35 weeks, I think, because I'm pushing 38 weeks. Um, this week, I'll be turning over um, into 38 weeks. But I was, I was really struggling and stressed with the idea of potentially going to full term. And I know that sounds crazy to probably everyone because I know it sounded crazy to Peter when I articulated it because I know the goal is a healthy full-term baby like that is the goal that is what you know the medication I've been on trying to do with both Finn and this one the goal is a full term and I totally understand that the logical side of my brain really understood that the emotional side also was more fearful of the idea of like what am I going to do with a full-term baby I don't know how to handle a full-term baby because having a preemie and a full-term baby, their behaviors, their needs are very, are, are different because essentially I start, I've started both times with Ray and Finn almost two months before they're supposed to be here. And so I was really struggling with the kind of inner battle of knowing I should be going to full-term, but also not going early 
because there's comfort. I was really kind of feeling like I know what to expect generally with a preemie. I know, you know, what happens, like how the hospital stay works, the doctors, like I know all that. That was, there was comfort in that. And I really struggled with, okay, going full term, like none of that is there. Um, And then for me also in this breakdown, I was also really struggling and I still, I still struggle with this. I've accepted obviously because I'm still pregnant and I'm 37 and a half weeks. So going early is not an option anymore. So like, you know, I've, I've, I've dealt with that. Um, But I, I will say that I am still struggling with um, the fear of repeating what happened with Finn and his birth and the trauma associated with that. And there's logical pieces to that too. Like my logical brain knows one side of it. And then my emotional side is, you know, on that fear-based side. And then there's also a level of like, I have to push out a full-term baby. (laughs) Yeah, we talked about that one. Like, like I, for me, it's like, okay, like I'm going to stick with my four pounders. Like they're tiny, like I'm I'm good with that. I can do that. What am I going to do if it's a seven pound baby? or bigger. Like, like that is there's fear for me on that too. And then I kind of just spiraled too. like, so that was kind of the premise of my breakdown of like, what I was really struggling with internally and the stress associated with that. But absolutely, like you said, like, why am I doing this again? If it's a repeat baby, I know, for first time moms, there's a big conversation too about like, I'm petrified of the pain and labor and delivery and what to expect with that. And that is an absolutely a totally normal experience. Not the pain, like the pain is normal. Yes. But like the fear associated with the unknown of I'm going to be doing something that I have never experienced. Your friends often share experiences like, you know, what goes wrong, what went great, like comparing birth stories. And, and those are really important to hear because it's about women's experiences. But there is still a, like a, a level of ingrained fear that kind of goes along with that of like, oh, what if, what if mine is worse than that? Or what if mine doesn't go as well? Or how am I going to handle that pain? Well, and all those feelings are completely valid. Like whether you've experienced it before or you haven't experienced it before, because every time you give birth is going to be different. And so like, even when you're talking about Finn's birth, which is a very, very rare, very uncommon birth, the, the fear is still going to be there, right? Because you experienced it, even though Freya's was completely different. Um, so like all those, all those fears that anyone has, completely valid. What I did is I sat down and kind of talked myself out of the fears, right? I kind of took the fear and like took it backwards. So I know with the boys, like, and I've mentioned this before, that like my mantra the entire time I was going through all of it, like getting prepped, going into surgery was I only have to do this once. So I actually, (laughs) I remember sitting there getting ready to get the epidural and holding on to the nurse. And in my head, I'm going, I only have to do this once. I only have to do this once because when you're pregnant, there's no other way that baby has to come out one way or another. And, you know, there's two ways it's coming out. Both aren't really great, but hey, you're going to have to do it once. So that was kind of my mantra. I only have to do this once. And that's kind of what kept me going through it. 
And then the other thing that I was telling myself as I was freaking out was every day, thousands of women all over the world have babies. So if all these women are having babies, it really can't be that bad, especially the moms who are repeat moms, right? Like my mom has two kids, your mom has two kids. Like if it was really that bad, women would stop at one. That's a very good point. Yeah. You just have to give time and space. And that's the reality of it is like, we forget the challenges in parenting and in motherhood generally, right? Like once you give time and space, the fog clears and you see it at a different perspective. Hindsight is twenty twenty, And so like labor and delivery is no different. Birth is no different. Once you give that time and space to breathe, get away from how, you know, the immediate stress and fear of it, then our perspectives change a lot, which is why there are repeat mothers. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But if it was that horrible, you wouldn't have another one. Like there's things in my life that I recall as being horrible that I won't be repeating, right? But like, obviously birth wasn't one of them because I went on to have another baby. And it's funny you mentioned like hindsight. The reason kind of why we started all this is because we are a little bit ahead of our listeners. And I know Katie's actually on par with baby number three and some of the listeners, but like, we're just a little bit ahead of you. So we can kind of shed some of our insight of what we've just gone through with you. And Katie obviously is going through some of this at the same time, which is, has brought on some actually some really good topics. Yeah, no, absolutely. With the podcast because you're pregnant again and we're experiencing this, all this stuff all over again, right? Yeah, absolutely. So what were some of the things that you were thinking of to kind of calm yourself down uh, when you were kind of experiencing your freak out? Well, I think one of them is like for me in the moment, it was I had been trying, I had been really struggling with these fears of not going early, potentially going full term, thin, just generally like labor and delivery like can I do this a third time am I going to be able to do it like like you said like those general ones as well like you know not going early and thin are two very specific fears that I and stressors that I have associated with my own personal experience right but generally speaking like the pain how am I going to handle the pain with it being a third baby like you know, generally speaking, the more pregnancies you have, the faster your labors are, am I going to be able to handle a fast labor? You know, those fears, I had been keeping those in a lot for quite a while, because I didn't want to specifically with my very specific ones, sound crazy. (laughs) Um, But I needed to get them out. So I needed to have that breakdown. I needed to let the floodgates happen and just really just let ev- everything out. And so talking with your partner, so I, obviously I had kind of let Peter in on, because I didn't want to stress Peter out. Peter has been really stressed with this pregnancy about going early and the fear of that. So I was like, I, I don't want to stress him out with me, with my issues. But I needed to. I needed to burden him with what was burdening me. So talking to someone, especially your partner, or like your birth support, talking to someone and letting them know where you are mentally is hugely, hugely important. Because once I articulated it, 
Peter has since been able to speak to me about it and just be like, you know, like this is the goal. A full term baby is the goal. Like, think about it. We're in a pandemic. You don't want to be in a hospital for more than you have to. That's true. And and then once I kind of let it out to him, I also I mentioned how I was struggling with you. And I mentioned it to a couple other people. And all of them said, I totally understand. It makes sense. I wasn't seen as crazy like I thought I would be. And by being able to open up, that was a really big piece to legitimizing my fears, but then also not letting them like eat me on the inside, if that makes sense. Oh, 100%. Yeah, because once you've shared it with someone that it kind of releases some of the burden. And then when you share it with other people who have have experienced some of the same things you have, like friends who have experienced childbirth, right? Like we all kind of validated what you said because we've all experienced it too on some sort of level. Well, yeah. And just validating my breakdown because I thought it was ridiculous, like hormonal, like, oh, I'm just breaking down just because I'm hormonal and I'm pregnant. But then like you were the first one to say, oh, yeah, that's totally the end of pregnancy breakdown. And I didn't know that was like a thing. Obviously, it's not the technical term. I don't think there is a technical term, but I didn't know that was a thing because I had never been able to experience it. Another thing that I have done since like talking about it as well is something that our amazing resident psychotherapist, (laughs) Sharon Maxwell, has suggested. I think she suggested it in our episode about the four common fears women experience during pregnant, like that are experiencing uh, pregnancy during the pandemic. But I made a list of like my fear and on one column was my fear. And then I made in the other column, I made the, I wrote down the evidence I had to support that. So it was actually getting it on the paper and like not just letting my brain spiral and go. I got it on the paper. Um, So that I could see that I was more emotional than evidence-based. And that kind of calmed me down as well. Um, And like, we've talked about this, like in conversations, not on the podcast, but like in our friends groups as well, like as this is a strategy to like, when you're struggling and stressed with something, like, this is a great tool to use. I know you use this tool all the time, don't you? Yeah. And like... Sometimes I don't even, sometimes I just do it in my head, but it definitely does help to put it on paper because then you can actually see and you can, if you start to freak out again over the same fears, you can go back to your piece of paper and look at it again, right? Yeah. And then I also, in talking to Peter, as well as you and some other friends, I also talked to our doctor at one of my appointments, like the general, like, how are you doing? I was honest that I wasn't at that point mentally, I was not doing great because of these fears and he was able to address them. And like, we work through them Uh, obviously not as in depth as like a psychotherapist or a counselor would, but like he addressed them so that I could calm my nerves about that. So that it was evidence-based. It was who has been taking care of me. He's in the hospital dealing with, everything because there's a big right now fear too about like like what is it going to be like giving birth during a pandemic and like right now where we are we just entered another big lockdown 
full lockdown. So we're in the height of the second wave in our province and in the country. And so, you know, there are a lot of unknowns that weren't, and it's worse than the first wave. Like statistically it is worse. So there are a lot of unknowns of people's experiences from the spring don't really apply now. So that was a big fear too for me. So working through and talking to him about like, okay, what are we allowed to do? What are we not allowed to do? I think you're like talking to your medical professional when you go for one of your checkups is important because they need to know how you're feeling for when you give birth, after birth. They need to make sure that your mental health is taken care of as well as, you know, you physically. Absolutely. And because like they make notes on that, right? They, they got what you say, like what physical ailments or symptoms you're experiencing, those get noted, but also your mental health gets noted too on your file. So if you're struggling, you need, it is so important to talk to your medical professional and like your medical provider so that they know where you are at so that they can help you because ultimately, whether it's your doctor, it's your spouse, it's your friends, they can't help you unless you let them know that you need help. And that's, what this breakdown took for me to get to. So beyond talking to someone so that they know where you're at, I think one of the most common things that I have found since this discussion came up um, and in doing a little bit of like market research, you could say, or some research looking into it. um, One of the most common fears that I see in forms all the time is I'm getting close to my due date. I'm like four weeks out, three weeks out. I'm being induced. I'm terrified of labor and delivery. And I don't know what, I don't know what, how to handle it and what to do. For you, you were having a C-section, Amanda. Did you go through that as well? Like that fear of like the surgery? Oh yeah. Both, both times. Like even though I had been through it once before, even with, and it was a perfect C-section, I still freaked out when I was about to have Caroline because I was like, oh, my goodness, why did you do this? You're going to have major surgery. You've got two kids already at home. Like, what if something happens to me? Like, yeah, it was I completely had like a complete freak out about everything. And you're right. Like going through the process, the pain, what could happen, all those things are kind of at the forefront of most of the, the freakouts. There's other factors, but I think that plays a big part. Well, I think part of it, like I think majority of it is like to isolate like kind of the cause though is like the fear of the unknown. If you're worried about the pain, labor, delivery, I think those are conversations that you need to have with your medical professional, with your your uh, your midwife or your doctor and just like lay it out and say like I need to know what you want to know what your your pain options are right whether or not you're interested or not what are what are you going to do what could you use for pain how can you and different locations have different pain options yeah I know our hospital has like the nitrous oxide I don't think you can use it during COVID actually I don't (gasps) think that's an option anymore it was. Like, yes, it was. Previously, it was. Previously, it was. You're but a lot of places right. don't have that. No, because it's an older, older method. Yeah. But I think one thing to think about is conversations that you need to have 
with your care providers so that you know what are your options. Because if you're informed, that will give you confidence. That's part of it too. And ultimately, like you said, the baby has to come out at some some point. And it's coming out one of two ways. So <laughs> neither way is pleasant. <laughs> yeah. But ultimately, like the nurses, the doctors, your midwives, you know, the team that you have around you are there to help you every step of the way. And they can only help you if you are open with them. Right. So if you're in pain and you need something, then you let them know. If you are struggling, like I was with fear and stress, then let them know in advance so that they know they can meet you there. We do actually have an episode, uh, a previous podcast episode for conversations to have about labor and delivery, which is a really good one because it's questions to ask to help you prepare. And so that might, if, if your fear of labor and delivery and pain uh, is something that you're kind of focused on, that would be a great episode to go back and listen to. And there's also a free resource with it because we lay out all these questions that could answer all of that to ease that stress for you. We've done the thinking for that. Also in our mommy mentorship program, we have a hypnobirth masterclass with Lynn Jackson Taylor, who's our hypnobirthing expert. And she does a fantastic job. And Katie actually is gonna do some hypnobirthing this time yeah I've taken I've taken her full course I didn't know what to think about it when we did our master class um and it blew my mind and I was like I was like if I get pregnant with a third I am absolutely going to take her course so I have taken it I am revisiting some parts of it like in preparation because it really is a very interesting and empowering thought process and tool to have does it mean that I'm not going to get an epidural because I've had one in the last two times I'm pretty sure I'm going to have another epidural like I'm not I'm not going in trying to go natural but I wanted it as a tool to have for me to prepare because there's a lot of things that I didn't prepare for ever with Finn and Freya the reality of okay what happens if I can't get an epidural I need because that does happen absolutely or I get an epidural it doesn't take how am I mentally going to do this? That was one of my fears that I was struggling earlier on in this pregnancy. So as a way to mitigate those fears, silence them and empower myself, I've taken this course and it, it was very interesting. Yeah. So that was one thing that I've done to kind of help my stress level and uh, deal with some of the fear. Now, was that part of my meltdown three weeks ago? No. It is still in the back of my mind, like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to push out another baby or there's another baby coming out of me, whether or not I push it out or it, it, it's a C-section. But ultimately, there's that. Um, the pain is still there. Even though this is my third one, I still am concerned about it. There's also the fear of how am I going to take care of three kids? Right. Like once you have your first and you're having your second, your third your fourth, there's always that fear of like, oh, my goodness. How am I going to do this? Well, it's funny because with your first, you're like, oh my goodness, I know nothing about having a baby. What am I going to do? And then with your second, you've already been through the baby stuff. But now you're like, how am I going to juggle having a toddler or a kid and a baby? And then 
as you keep adding to it, you're like, oh my goodness, I have these other kids and a baby, right? And so. I know too much. I know yeah. too much. <laughs> yeah, no. So like, so there's always, no matter what number you're on, there's, there's fear there and it's the unknown. That ultimately is the biggest stress is that it's the fear of the unknown. Um, and I think, but also trying to change our mindset to shift from the fear base to the excitement of it's okay to not know what's coming, but to try and reframe our brain or our mindset to, as opposed to using the word fear, which has a negative side to it. Let's look at excitement of the excitement of the unknown, but also to realize that this fear, the stress, the anxiety, and ultimately the break, the breakdown that happens is totally normal because I didn't know that was a thing. It is a hundred percent normal. It's funny when you talk about it to other people, I'm pretty sure most moms will be like, oh yeah, I totally had this huge meltdown a few weeks before I had the baby, usually, you know, leading up to the due date and it's completely normal. It happens to most women. It is all around the fear of the unknown, fear of pain, very common, common fears. I like the idea of flipping the switch on it and coming up with ways to be excited about some of the stuff. And like, remember, you only have to do this once. Even if you want to have five kids and you're on your first kid right now, you have to do it once. So just focus on this one time, focus on doing it once and just kind of go with the flow. Maybe come up with some ways that you can relax, talk to people and you'll do an awesome job. Thank you for listening to this episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for an upcoming show, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Life Moms Club. Until next time.